Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, Internet, and welcome. It is Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for your weekly helping of Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast, where we go through whatever stories of the week we find interesting or, uh, you know, whatever, give you our thoughts about the latest in gaming and go through all of it. If you're listening on Spotify or watching on YouTube, do me a favor, take a second, please. Head on over to readycheckradio.com. Give the site a hit, obviously. That helps. And in the upper right-hand... Well, I mean, it doesn't really help. I don't have ads on there because I like you too much. So, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, just visit it, you know. Go visit it. Uh, upper right-hand corner, all the socials. Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. Spotify, follow... Turn on notifications, sub, tell your friends if you like what we do here and you want to see more of it, whether it's this show, whether it's the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy Square Annex podcast, or any of the streamers, including myself, come hang out. We'd love to have you. It's easy, it's free, and you can support us that way. That is readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O.com. We are 11 Twitch followers away from 500, and we all know what happens at 500. If you don't, start hanging out for a little bit of pre-show, but believe me, uh, three people will not be looking forward to the stream uh, when we hit the 500 mark. One of those people that will probably watch and just laugh at how dumb we are, Mr. Jason Winter. How are you, sir? I don't know. I kind of never look forward to the stream. Well, I mean, when you're watching three people suffer, you 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 seem like the type of guy well, that would be into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. I enjoy human suffering, yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Also on the line, Ready Check Radio resident artist Yod. What's up, sir? You know, the normal waiting for that day of watching the stream while you guys suffer. Yeah, what what do you got going on your tablet there? It looks like like a Picasso. Like, um, oh, actually, oh no, no. When I see in Discord, I can see it's a little, it's not as abstract. Val kind of yeah. makes it look very abstract on the stream. Right. It's <laughs> it's um, it's artwork from uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Steven Sedgick. He does a uh, a bunch oh. of stuff for Image Comics and. Um, did a stint on Rat Queens. He his he's got a book called Sunstone. His wife works on a bunch of books and just really really good artist. So I thought I'd switch up the screen every once in a while, you know. Looks sharp. Yeah, uh, Mad Martha in chat. No, my rig is not on fire again this week. <laughs> we were just talking about that pre-show. Actually, it was a fog machine that my oldest son bought for a haunt that we want to do, um, and him and his mother thought it was funny. Yeah. I didn't. In the middle of a show, I didn't. Because I had no clue what was going on. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Blizzard's still doing its thing. You know, getting sued. Uh, so we can move on by that. There's been some leadership changes there. We've talked about them. Nothing new since, you know, J. Allen Brack was replaced. They have gone through and started to, in the next patch here, they're going to start removing certain people. And, you know, maybe it would be a good idea going forward not to just name anything in your game off of actual people just in case they end up being douchebags. I'm just saying... It might be good. If you're going to make a fictional game, whether you're Blizzard or not, let's keep the names fictional at this point. 
but there are leadership changes in some other bigger companies. Uh, let's start with this one. Paradox Interactive has changed their CEO and chairman of the board. Uh, and in the most vague press release you could ever imagine, due to differing views on the company's strategy going forward, Paradox Interactive AB's CEO Ebba Jungrid, Lundgrid, it's, it's a very Swedish name. I'm sorry. Lundgrid. We slaughter the names. Jungrid, we think? Jungrid? No, I think it's Lundgrid. There's a J in there, but that Ebba. is very Swedish, we'll very Nordic to do. Yeah. Uh, has decided to leave the CEO position with immediate effect. The board of Paradox Interactive has appointed Frederick Wester. That one was substantially easier. As CEO with immediate effect, uh, Ebba will stay for a period to ensure a good handover. And that's basically it, Jason. But they also did say, hey, you know, Ebba's done a fantastic job. Oh, no, sure. no, nothing wrong with her leadership. Uh, you know, player base and game projects have been strengthened and grown. Like the usual, hey, we love what she did, just not going forward. Uh, and we'll have to not go forward. Yeah, we, we love what <laughs> we you love what she did, but not enough to keep her around. Right, due to differing views on the company's strategy going forward. Like, how do you have a different strategy going forward? Like, if w the three of us are in a game company, I think all of us, our strategy going forward would be, let's make another good game. And sell it. <laughs> yeah, Mad Martha that had to correct. Ebba, Ebba is, in fact, pronoun she. Uh, like, yes. I can't imagine, you know, and Paradox isn't like, you know, EA, where there's 900 arms of that company, where it isn't just all about the next big title, right? Or they're not Xbox or Microsoft or Sony, where there's so many, you know, you, do we put money into the TV portion of our business? Do we put money into the PlayStation portion of our business? It's Paradox Interactive. You make video games. You're a bigger right. company, granted, but at the end of the day, you make video games. So kind of maybe we just don't want you here anymore, Jason? So here's what I did. I, I looked up the last... Uh, I wanted to see if there was anything like in their last financial statement, which came out about a month ago. It was all about Q2. So, first of all... Did they do, like, super poorly? Because then that would make a little more sense. Well, well, let me explain to you. First of all, let me talk about the numbers. This is from her statements. They're, they're attributed to, to EBA. Revenues for the second quarter decreased by 13% and profit before tax by 44% compared to the same period last year. For the last 12 months, revenues increased by 11%, while profit before tax decreased by 24% compared to a year earlier. So yeah, that's not good finances. <laughs> Profit before tax reduced by 44% is not good, obviously. Right, but, but their release schedule hasn't like been all that aggressive either. Well, in fact, let me let me now let me talk about the rest of what she said. One of the many unfortunate effects of COVID-19 is that the pandemic affects the pace at which we can develop and publish new content. Even though our growing player base lays a solid foundation for future growth, the number of releases in the past two quarters did not reach our level of ambition. Uh, our growth is based on our ability to release high-quality games within the strategy and management segments that can be developed with new content over a long time. So, and, and I hate to read a ton into all of this, because I'm not at the board meetings. I don't know why she isn't with them anymore. But she talks about, she, she says that the pandemic affected the pace at which we developed. We're trying to develop new content over a long time. We're laying a solid foundation. But last quarter was bad. So what I almost think, what, what I could see, 
is a situation where the rest of the board or whoever else you know dictates who's the CEO, they say to her, hey, we need more games. We're not doing great. We need more games. We need them quicker. And she's like, yeah, but I want a long-term foundation. I don't want to rush stuff. I don't want to crunch our team, whatever. Right. We don't want to release poor crap. Look at that at last... Uh, that last Europa Universalis expansion we talked about that got like a 9% positive yeah. on Steam. I could see her saying, I don't want to do all that stuff just to make a quick buck for the next quarter. And them saying, okay, we'll find someone else who will. Yeah, and maybe we're attributing, you know, maybe we're attributing altruistic views to Ebba that weren't there. Like you said, we don't know. We're not part of the board. We're not privy to those meetings or anything. You know, you know could have just been, uh, you know, somebody didn't like somebody. And as simple as that, you, you just don't know. But anytime profits are down, your board is going to question what you are doing, Yod, COVID or not. Right. True, true. And we have heard a lot of the COVID excuse over the past couple years. And I mean, at this point, they should, should be, you know, used to that kind of pace and the uh, the adjusting to working from home and all that stuff. And the, technically, the board should understand that once again should I, I find it a little amusing the amount of times that in the, that article that they stated removed immediately replaced immediately yeah although yeah. uh, oh, she's still there for like six months or whatever for, yeah, right for like but immediately she's no longer in that position yeah you're there but you're there. in a consulting position now right which is interesting because the frederick frederick wester is taking over is who she replaced as ceo in 2017 <laughs> really she's just coming back yeah yeah same wow guy. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to give you this. So here's a list of Paradox Interactive games. We're not obviously going to go through the whole thing, but I do want to look at their most recent ones because I think it's funny. Like, I know who this company is, and I'm familiar with some of their titles, not all of them, but some of them. But I'm going to be honest, it's been a while since I've played a Paradox Interactive game, apparently. <laughs> You're saying... <laughs> Well, some of them are. Some of them are. So obviously the most recent Crusader Kings 3. Jason, you've, you've played sure. quite a bit of Crusader Kings 3. Just a bit. I have not. Yod, have you played Crusader Kings nope. 3? Okay. No. Prior to that, Even also in 20, 20 and 20, 2020, though, was Empire of Sin. Anybody play that? Mm. Nope. Surviving the Aftermath was their other 2020 title. Nope. I didn't play that, but I've heard of it. I've watched someone stream it once. But, yeah. Age of Wonders Planetfall 2019. That I heard did not go over well. Yeah, I that played did. the original. I played Last Age of Wonders, but yeah. Uh, Imperator Rome. Oh yeah, I played plenty of that, and that, that was not good either. <laughs> uh, da, 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 another surviving the aftermath. Uh, BattleTech has been I ages. Know BattleTech. Apparently, there was a 2018 BattleTech game. I haven't heard the name BattleTech for so long. Um, surviving Mars. Prior to that, Prison Architect, the mobile version, Steel Division Normandy, Hearts of Iron 4, Stellaris, Tyranny, City Skylines, and now we're back into 2015 at this point. Yeah. City Skylines is the last Paradox Interactive game I spent substantial amounts of time in. So Although, 2015 you know for me. Now that I'm remembering, too, what, what's, uh, what's the deal with uh, Vampire Bloodlines 2? Right, you know that's well, also, the biggie. That's another part of it, yeah. Yeah, that's the biggie, uh, and could certainly have played into changes at the top because of what we right. believe is pretty much a clusterfuck at this point. <laughs> uh, Mad Martha Frederick Wester, W E S T E R, not Wesk, not Albert Wesker. 
<laughs> Which is why I assume you are asking in chat who is replacing her, thinking that Jason said Albert Wesker. No, no. That would make it more interesting. I don't think I'd be messing with Paradox anytime soon. I'm just like, you guys do what you don't want you want to do. Uh, on the flip side, another company making some changes. Daybreak, not technically Daybreak itself, although this does impact a particular person at Daybreak Games. Uh, and Enad Global 7, the company that, if you remember, purchased a, a multitude of companies very quickly, one of which was Daybreak Games and its, you know, double fistfuls of subsidiaries, uh, all of which spun up like a month and a half before they were bought. Oh, Fred West is an infamous UK serial killer. I'm going to go with different oh, okay. person. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with probably a different person. <laughs> Uh, so what's going on over here at Enid Global 7, Jason? Because this is a company that you you don't play Daybreak stuff just because of the, the, the fiasco they have been, basically, for the last two years yeah. or so. Uh, not just on the developmental front, but also the, no, we weren't purchased by Columbus Nova front, and just seemingly lying about where they were, where money was coming from and stuff. You know, how much we can prove is very little, but whatever. So you've been avoiding them, but you were kind of looking forward to maybe getting back into Planet Side 2 here and there and dabbling and playing a little bit because Enid Global oh, 7 was, you know, seemingly very transparent and open and saying what was good and what sucked and what they wanted to do. But now they're making a head change real quick that causes me to scratch my own head a little bit. Yeah, their CEO and, and co-founder, Robin Floden, was doing some really nice videos uh almost like fireside chats where you discuss what they're doing and what they have plans for. And he's out now. John. Apparently he wasn't talking nicely enough or something. Something I've seen uh, that I saw some people talk about is they're interesting with their financial statements. Like I'm not smart enough to dissect them exactly. Of course they always say we're doing great. We're making tons of money. Everything's incredible. But they've maybe got some creative accounting in there that some people are looking at and saying, you know, they're, they're buying up everything, as you've mentioned before, so maybe it's not really doing that great. So maybe that's a part of it. And when the dust settles, maybe it's not actually as great as certain people would have liked it to be, and that's why Robin Floden is, is going to be gone. It's just weird, because like, you would think, though, that that's, unlike Paradox, you would think that that's an expected one. Hey, we expect to take an assets-on-hand hit, Yod, because we spent cash in acquisition this year that we haven't in years prior and we did it right. on a big scale and nobody in on the board of any company is going to be surprised by an acquisition given that they require board approval to go ahead and pull the trigger for so this one does seem a little weird to me and then taking somebody from the newly purchased company daybreak and having them as the interim uh person in charge for a while that does seem a little weird to me. That is a little odd. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like you said, when you buy something big, like, I mean, anytime, e even on a personal level, when you buy something big for the year, you expect that, you know, your revenue stream is going to go down for a little bit before it comes back up because, well, you bought something big. Yeah, you got those car payments, sucker. Right. Like, today we, we bought an extra server box. So, you know, we're taking a couple hundred dollar hit for the month because we bought a new server box not going to complain when we look at the the you know the bank statement at the end of the month and go <laughs> right. hey why is there a <laughs> right. couple hundred bucks missing <laughs> i 
Still? I don't know. It's just, and I, it's odd to me. It's just odd that somebody stepping in, even in an interim capacity, Jason, mm-hmm. is from one of your brand new acquisitions, not somebody I mean, you acquired might... three years ago and they've really impressed you or anything. Just you know, a mere months ago, they've impressed you to the point that now they're in charge. Well, I mean, they wanted someone with that kind of CEO kind of experience, I guess. So that makes sense. What is it going to be? The the guy who works in the mailroom at EG7? You know, probably not. So. I, I have to believe, though, that there are experienced people at EG7 at a high corporate executive level uh, that have experience that, you know, I don't know. Like, like maybe the guy weird. right underneath him? Yeah, right. That, that's, you know. Maybe we could get Albert Wesker in here. And <laughs> maybe they can get Eva. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's true too. Yeah, or even even better. Well, and I do understand that they mean to fill this position too. They, they sure, sure. They, it says it says acting CEO. Right, but a lot of he, times the acting ends up becoming too. So we'll see. You right. know, you know, if, if the Amazon thing doesn't work out, what's Smedley gonna do? Ooh, Smedley's project God. over there is still like really hush hush. Yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't caught a whiff of what Smedley's working on there because it's been years. Um, I don't know that I care. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, also, I'm, looking up, I'm looking at this Fred West guy, and he was pretty unpleasant. Man, we're doing a show. Will you stop wikiing shit? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly stuff that isn't related to gaming. Oh. Uh, but since we're going to talk about our European friends, Hi Mad Martha and many others uh, watching at home and the millions around the world, uh, you're gaming rating system peggy the pan-european rating board uh is has made a change and actually they made this change a while ago people are just now noticing this actually went into effect last year in 2020 but really only hit people's attention until this week (laughs) so many things got shifted over right (laughs) andy robinson uh at ask about games was reviewing the rating uh, for an interactive story game called Overboard. Okay, Now, Overboard's like a reverse murder mystery, whatever. The game features mild violence, suggestively sexual themes, and depiction of alcohol use. All right, stuff that's going to get you a mature rating, right? Mm -hmm. But a scene where you can play blackjack with another character caused the Peggy ratings board to give the Peggy 18 rating to the game. And so Andy noticed that this was in the notes, contacted Peggy spokesperson, and they clarified that the, they, had, they do have a new policy as of 2022 or 2020 that only impacts new games and it's not going to be applied to previously released games or re-released games that already have a rating. So if it came out and they HD remaster it, unless there's substantial changes to the point that Peggy considers it a new game, it's still going to get the the previous rating it had just to not cause confusion with multiple products for multiple consoles on shelves with different ratings. But there is now a portion of the Peggy rating that if gambling is in your game, just like if murder is in your game, it will automatically land it a Peggy 18 rating, the equivalent of the mature rating in the United States from the ESRB. Interesting. So now we have a situation, Yod, where you can virtually play blackjack with an NPC for no risk, no reward besides 
whatever currency is in the game that you are using to, to buy stuff in the game, netting you a 18 rating or a mature rating. But FIFA, with all of its ultimate team packs and random <laughs> cash purchases and stuff, no, that's totally fine because loot boxes aren't technically gambling right. yet. Te technically, <laughs> technically, even though you are. But so, just to, just to clarify, like Final Fantasy VII Remake would be a new game that would require a new rating. But I would, I would, I would read would it not. that way. Yeah, I would. That, that, I think that would be a safe interpretation. Okay. So, Just so everybody's clear on that. Here's where I'm a little iffy on this. I think that the Peggy spokesperson that Andy Robinson quotes there might be a little off. Oh. Because I'm on the Peggy site. And under Peggy 12, it says gambling as it is normally carried out in real life in casinos or gambling halls can be present, e.g., card games that in real life will be played for money. That's under their Peggy 12 guidelines. If this could went into effect over a year ago, or about a year ago, why haven't they updated that yet? Good question. I'm a little too. iffy as to whether that, that person knew what they were talking about, frankly. So maybe we have a spokesperson not being quite up to date on the policy. Right. I, 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 the spokesperson is up to date, or their website and their guidelines that they maybe, I don't know what else they have in terms of like printed guidelines that they actually use when doing this sort of thing. I think right. that's, that stuff's not up to date. I mean, is there any the, kind of is there any kind of what we, what we should do is find out if there's any games that um, have come out since 2020 that have gambling and what their rating is. Right, gambling uh, without the murder and sexual themes. Sure, sure. Well, even we even had that if they're below Peggy six, Peggy 18. Was there any gambling in Bless Unleashed? Uh, no so idea. here's here's an article from Nintendo Life where they speculated that uh, applying the same logic to Pokemon, and apparently they have an update. Uh, their update is a representative from Peggy has now provided further clarification on the updated rules regarding gambling oh. in games, explaining that older titles will only be upgraded to 18 plus if they were re-released sure. with changes, technically making it a new game. You can find the full explanation underneath our original story below uh yeah and even this even this update to this story right is just them saying uh hey if it's re-release if it's a re-release we're not going to touch old stuff so nobody from peggy with these this story going wild on the internet right mm -hmm. and peggy having many many more opportunities to uh say correct something uh, nobody has an update where that is corrected. They just want to be clear that if something is re-released, it's going to retain its old age rating, provided it has not, in their words, upgraded, modernized, reinterpreted, or reshuffled a version of an older game. It must be identical in content, otherwise it must be treated as a new game, at which point the current criteria apply. Historical ratings are maintained as long as the game is put on the market again in the same form, when we implemented the criterion change in the first part of 2020, we made the conscious decision not to apply the change retroactively. We wanted to avoid that the exact same game could be found in a shop for two different consoles with two different age ratings. So nobody has taken an opportunity to say it's not the case. So maybe it is just a site isn't updated, Jason. It might be because I'm looking through their, their uh, some of the Peggy ratings. 
Lost Judgment does have an 18. It's got violence, bad language, and gambling. I don't know exactly how much violence it is. It's enough to get an 18 on itself, and now the website's not working. <laughs> and now the website's broken. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess mean, we'll know when, um, if we're going to talk about this in a little while, I guess. We'll know when uh, the Horizon comes out next year. Yeah. yeah is, we'll is, definitely know. Is, that, is, is there a way, is, or is there a date on the site on when it was last updated? That or game, no? Uh, not the site itself, no. The okay. game I was talking about did come out in 21, though. Right. I'm just kind of scrolling through a list now to see if I can find something that has that has gambling that isn't a an 18 game, but right or very few that actually have gambling. So I don't know. Yeah, I got That's the Peggy. I, mean, it, I got the Peggy site up, and that was has a has its copyright still of 2017, but no update mm-hmm. date. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's highly possible a lot of these government type, you know, regulation things, their websites are lasting to get updated and. You think it's been a whole year? Yeah, the gambling it, description says the game contains elements that encourage or teach gambling. Uh, these simulations of gambling refer to games of chance that are normally carried out in casinos or gambling halls. Games with this sort of content are Peggy 12, Peggy 16, or Peggy 18. So, we'll see. We'll see how it I'm, plays. I'm out. guessing. I'm guessing they paid someone to make their site, and then you know, it's not someone on staff, so. Yeah, they don't yeah. keep it updated. <laughs> Mad Martha, though, speaking from personal experience, I've never actually seen a Peggy rating actually enforced in a store. Yeah, good call. Uh, I remember getting carded for games that were rated M. I do you really? I never yeah, really. got carded hmm. for a game. Yeah, me neither. And I bought some M's before I was eighteen. Uh, I mean, when I bought my PlayStation One, I went home with Resident Evil, and I was mm. fourteen or fifteen ish. It was only like once, I think. I think from Metal Gear Solid was when I got. Wow. Uh, all right. So old. <laughs> let's do a little bit of a review, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to show a little bit of footage for this, courtesy of MMOBomb.com. If you're not following Jason and I over on MMOBomb, we would very much appreciate it. That's the one that actually pays the bills for us, right? So we would appreciate if you would sign up. The entire site has been revamped, very mo- modernized. Create an account, pick your favorite games on the site, and it will recommend games for you based on that. I mean, there is a ton of cool stuff that MMO Bomb now has on the site for you. So please go ahead, sign up for an account. It's free, giveaways, all that jazz. But I put up a first look video on there since now we do not cover just free to play. We are the home for all things multiplayer on MMOBomb.com. So that means. We'll cover Final Fantasy XIV, we'll cover co-op shooters, like all that type of stuff, and we'll let you know our thoughts. So I did the first look review this week for Aliens Fireteam Elite. This is that three-person co-op PvE game the three of us were looking at as a potential, because the three of us want to do a stream where we do something together. And every single game we have talked about doing this has just ended up being utter cack. Uh, <laughs> or delayed. Yeah, or delayed. Yeah, I mean, uh, or both. Dungeons and Dragons: Dark Alliance. I played it, and I was like, guys, don't, 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 don't do it, don't do it. In fact, I got a couple free keys after that from them because I I got one for review. It was after I had already uh, bought it anyway, but you know, whatever. So I had like three keys, and I was like, does anybody? And they were like, no, that's fine. You can keep them. <laughs> you, you sent one to me. I, I did send one on to yet. you. Jason was like, I no. No, I think I gave it to my son instead because you didn't want it. Yeah, maybe. It might have and my son played one level and was like, nope, 
I'm done. <laughs> anyway, Aliens Fireteam Elite taking place in uh, the Alien timeline about 23 years after the events of Alien 3, so before Resurrection, but after Sigourney Weaver has dumped herself into a fiery cauldron with a lovely queen alien bursting out of here, but she has not yet been cloned. Uh, we get a story... I can't even keep track of all that shit. What's that? <laughs> That was like 25 years ago. I can't even keep track of that. When she I had the alien, but she dealt with the lava before she was cloned. Dude, like, I'm a huge, huge cinephile. Huge cinephile. Okay. Uh, someday we'll do a stream where I show the Blu-ray collection. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a Left for Dead-ish game. You know, a horde mode co-op shooter. Uh, which I'm okay with those modes of games. You know, they're not my favorite, but they're you know I'll play them before I play a MOBA. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and we were kind of looking forward to this, but we all had the same concern. Is no, we were. We all said the same thing, Jason. This could be fun, but is the but. replayability sticky factor going to be there, or is it going to be something that you blow through the levels and then you really just don't want to do them anymore? Because my, my, my now you should know that me saying this could be fun means I don't absolutely hate this when I first look out. That's fair enough. But that was our main concern. All three of us was this game needs to be sticky. Just like when you play right. Warframe or you play Path of Exile or you play Fantasy Star Online 2, you are going, when you play Left 4 Dead, you are going to do the same things over and over and over ad nauseum. Is it compelling and fun enough that you want to do that? You don't mind doing that to get that better gear or to get the this you know this upgrade for your pulse rifle or anything like that. And I'm here to say forty dollars is too much for this game. My opinion. I did the first look. I've played through the entire campaign. I've done a bunch of end game stuff at the higher difficulties. I've played with the horde mode. I've played all five classes. You only get four at the at the open, but once you beat the game, you'll have the recon available to you. Four acts, three levels per act for a total of 12 levels. Now, granted, in DLCs, I'm sure they're going to add new levels and things like that. <sighs> I gave a full review of this on MMO Bomb's podcast. It used to be the free-to-play cast, now called Always Online. Hit it up. It's on the website right now. We just did it yesterday, so MMOBomb.com, Always Online. Go give it a like. Feed that algorithm for me. Uh, so I'll keep it a little more brief here, and I'll let you gentlemen chime in. $40, I think, is too much for this, and that's coming from an Aliens fan. I don't feel bad that I bought it, but I don't feel great that I bought it either. Uh, it is very quick if you're going to play through the story, and the story is nothing special. Guess what? Waylon Yutani had a secret lab. They were experimenting with the goo that the engineers had, trying to make super soldiers. Shit went downhill. Send in the Marines. No. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's the story. The game is fun. It does lose a little bit of that being scared of the alien because this is more aliens than alien. Right. So if right. you want that tension and suspense, go play Alien Isolation. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want the more aliens, the sequel, you know, send in the colonial marines who already know about these things and are ready to take them on. And so they're not surprised by them anymore. Uh, this is more that. I don't know. I'm hopeful with uh, some... They, they have earned one DLC purchase from me to see where they're taking things. Because honestly, although the game thematically looks good, 
the it's not top tier graphics. That's not what I'm saying. But it looks like the hives. You know, it looks like the engineer's ruins. It looks like the ships that you would expect in the aliens. It looks great from that aspect, cosmetically, not graphic fidelity wise. Uh, so at, at least it looks like what it's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, uh, the environments, they, they but the environments don't change. They, it's not. Right. It's not like a. Um, uh, procedurally generated deal. The waves of monsters are to a certain extent, depending on other factors, but the missions themselves are always repeat. You know, they're the same path through the same tunnels to a wide open room, to a, a horde sweep, to some more tunnels where you get ambushed. There's upgrading no. weapons and stuff as you go and leveling up. So there is that sense of progression. Uh, I feel like this would have been great at 20 to $25. I don't, I would have felt great buying it for that. And then, bought some DLC too. It was uh, over did, very quickly you... and it's just not compelling enough for me to to play. When DLC comes out, I'll give it another look, but it's not something I'm going to spend a few weekends playing with you guys. Jason, did... I know you chimed in on uh, always <laughs> online, so we'll hold on you for a second and give it to Yod. Now, did you play with just bots or with other so it's always well. three people in your group. Right, If right. you queue for a mission and it doesn't find people, it's going to give you two bots. Or you could go private and just force it to give you two bots. Right. So I played so some what, like what that. What did you do? I played some like that where it was just bots. Okay. They're fine for getting through the story the first time on standard difficulty so that you can unlock intense and extreme and all the other mm -hmm. difficulties mm -hmm. and all the, the end game stuff. They're not going to hold their weight in any difficulty mode above <laughs> standard. To be so you, fair, you if you mouse over... You can't go in hard to start with. You have to start normal. You could do easy. I think there's three open. Standard, easy, and something else. Right. Uh, and the bots will get you through all of those. Just do standard. It's fine. You'll be fine. I mean, unless you're really bad at shooters, like worse than me, <laughs> standard, you'll be fine. Um, if it finds one person in the matchmaking, then it will put a third bot in there. The bots will not do anything over standard. You can, but they're not going to be good at it. But to be fair, mousing over those difficulties, it says not recommended for AI bot play, but it will let you do it. Then I did some random queuing with threes. I didn't, I didn't queue with right. like specific people. I just let the matchmaking system find it. Quick play needs to be added stat. Stat. <laughs> It is so dumb that there are 12 missions in this game, and when you go to matchmaking, not only are you hoping, A, there's other people playing in a game that is not cross-platform play, so you need people playing on your platform, right. but they also need to queue up for the exact mission out of the 12 that you queued up for because there is no just quick play, and it randomly grabs three people and throws them into a random mission. You have huh. to pick the one of the 12 missions you want to play. Yeah, that's that's a little too many steps. There. NPC lips don't move. Everything what? is fully voiced, and the NPC lips don't move. Uh, I'm not talking that they have lip flap and it doesn't make sense. They don't move at all for fully voiced work. Every NPC you can talk on, to. Everyone is a ventriloquist. Yeah, so every single one, Jason. Wow. Yeah, they're all ventriloquists. Wow. Okay, so... I've heard mixed reviews about the game. Obviously, you've got a mixed viewpoint on it, too. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's overpriced right now. I've also heard that there were some people running into some not, not 
Ah, it's a bug. Say it. Don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a little yeah. buggy as shit. And depending on what platform, it may be better or worse uh, right. for you. So I'm wondering, because I'm still running on a stock PlayStation 4 Gen 1. So I'm wondering how it will run on the dang thing. Uh, <laughs> if you watch the first look video on MMO Bomb that I'm showing right now, there is a mm -hmm. sequence where I talk about bugs, and I was in the final campaign mission, deep in the hive. Mm -hmm. By the way, Jason hated this. Missions are anywhere from like 12 to 20 minutes long. They are not short. And there is okay. no left for dead um, checkpoint type thing. Really? If you die 90% into the level, you are starting again. You Oof. are starting the entire thing over again. Oof. I get 80% of the way deep into the hive, going after the queen, we're going to blow the whole thing up type deal. Mm -hmm. One of my human teammates somehow glitches through a door that isn't, not only is this not where we're supposed to go as far as the objective, but the door isn't even supposed to open. But Ooh. he gets stuck on the other side of it, and we can't get him back. And it's all in the first Ooh. look video you're watching. Go check it out. He right, ends up right. leaving the group. My other partner then leaves the group. It spawns two bots in their place, and it resets the room because now everybody's in the room, and our objective right. shows up, and we're allowed to go through the objective door, which wasn't opening because it wasn't recognizing that all three players were in place and had completed the objective because our dude right. was tied behind the other side of the door. I had to finish that with two bot components, uh, 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 companions. companions. Thank you. Right. Um, and the last mode is, was really, the last fight was pretty challenging. It's like a multiple wave, open area, gotta move. You know, there is no cover. I was going to be really pissed if I died. I didn't. We beat it. I beat it. But yeah, it is buggy. Sometimes people or monsters get under the floor or they get above the ceiling and you can't target them. And it just sits there and will not move the objective. Luckily on PC, I personally didn't have a ton of problems besides the odd like I, the three examples I just gave, uh, right. but some are having it a lot worse. Right. Like I said, if I were to get it, I'd be playing on a Gen 1 stock PS4. Yeah, good luck to you. Uh, <laughs> good luck to you. Jason, mm. thoughts, final thoughts and we'll move on. Uh, final thoughts is I just don't believe you anymore when it comes to being hyped about games. <laughs> uh, hey, CD Projekt Red, guys. Um, oh. Yeah, they've actually hired a bunch of people from the modding scene to actually work on official mod support and bug squashing. And that's while, pretty smart. In one respect, I think that's pretty cool. In another mm -hmm. respect, I'm like, wait a minute. What kind of position were you in that this is the best option? Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jason. Wait a minute. You know how we say, like, why did you just, your game's so broken, why did you just get the fans to fix it? They, they pointed everything, and they actually are doing that now. Yeah. And He's doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's good for those guys, I guess, but, man, what It's what cool for they... them. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, yeah, cool yeah. for the team. Well, it's cool until they get into those 90-hour work weeks. Then right. less cool. <laughs> the 90-hour work weeks every day, every week for six months, but, yeah. When your hobby becomes your job. Right. What were yeah. you guys doing for the eight years before that you now need to bring these guys on out? Speaking of uh-oh decisions, we talked uh, last show about uh, China potentially putting more restrictions on video uh -huh. game time. They actually went and did it, Yod. 
uh, new uh, rules took effect that restrict young players to just three hours of gaming per week between 8 and 9 p.m. on Fridays, so, weekends, and holidays. And it's up to the companies behind the games to enforce those regulations. So I'm sure Tencent is absolutely thrilled. Right, right. So the the three hours per week thing actually was passed a while back. But it hasn't been enforced. So, it hasn't right, been enforced. Right, right. It, it also wasn't set when those hours were right now they've set when the hours were are and it's ass nine <laughs> i mean completely and totally ass nine the, the the fact that it's eight to nine p.m you know friday saturday sunday and on holidays i mean what the heck <laughs> yeah. uh, although although it is also only online games so I guess they can play Mario all they want. This has got to be, like, impossible to enforce. It, it is, but well, even Even in a communist country where things are being monitored out the ass, not like they're not being monitored here in a democratic country either, right. but e even in that environment, Jason, how do you possibly expect... Tencent to be able to enforce it beyond putting a screen up that says we need you to acknowledge that you are over 18 before you can play this. Don't they have IDs, like government IDs they need to access things? I don't I know. Saw... I, don't, I mean, I know you need, like, Korean social security numbers for certain online Korean games, but I don't know what it's like in China. I think they are like that, and because they were talking about people uh, getting around the previous rule by using adult IDs. So I think there's a little something to that. So if that's in the, if that's the case, if they can track them via that, then that makes things at least a little easier for the 10 cents of the world and so forth. Yeah, Mad Martha is exactly right in chat. This is, um, there's a lot of racist, xenophobic uh, yeah. rhetoric behind this law. Oh, yeah. It's not just we don't want kids playing games. Um mm -hmm. They've, they've used some very, very strong language of people from the Nationalistic Party, <laughs> supporters of the National Party, and things like that. Um, basically worried that gaming is turning... I've, I've, I can't even like find euphemisms in my head no, quickly to, to describe the words that they have used. Uh, but they are worried about the, the losing of masculinity for their teenage boys. Um, it, it, I, I guess that's the nicest <sighs> way I can say that, Jason. Uh, here's what I'm reading here. It says, to do so, to follow these rules, China has already been requiring game companies to implement real-name identification systems. This forces consumers to sign into a game to first provide a mobile phone number, state-issued ID, or even undergo a facial scan. As a result, game companies should theoretically know the ages of all their customers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and this move is just... This is just a part of a larger move to uh, limit star potential and celebrity uh right. and pop culture you know so mad martha is exactly right this is to limit from western culture but not just mm -hmm. western culture uh just limit yeah it, everything this, this is just the tip of the iceberg on yeah. the whole thing and it's it's disgusting it it's really playing is. out disgusting really and um the the only thing I can think of is because they're fo they're hoisting this responsibility under the companies, so the government itself doesn't have to watch the people 
they just have yeah. to watch the companies watch the people. Yeah. Which is also disgusting. Um, yeah, and, Justin being a little more explicit, oh, but that's exactly what I was just alluding to, that they don't want certain celebrities uh, right. and p uh, popular streamers and, and stuff like that that don't fit right. the mold. It is a very Nazi Germany, we ideal Aryan person type mentality. This is the ideal Chinese male, and all of these factors would influence them away from being that, so let's right. cut those. It's and, that mentality. I mean, to, to delve a little bit away and in, in I mean I, I don't mean to delve away from video games and all that but the the, the mentality of the the Chinese male is so weird because they want them to be strong and masculine and all this but also very attractive because apparently according to the Chinese people and I use quotations in this for those people who you know are on the audio only for the show um yeah, for those who are on the audio, keep in mind Yacht is. Yeah, I, I am a Chinese person. I'm, yeah. I'm American-born, but I'm, I'm Chinese. Yeah. The, but their, their, their ideal is that you have to be masculine, but you also have to be pretty. So in their eye, the star of uh, Shang Chi from Marvel that just came out, uh, Samai Liu, he is not pretty enough to be a lead actor to them. How this man is not pretty enough for them. To be a lead actor, I don't know, because I mean, as a perfectly as as a heterosexual male, he's a damn pretty dude. <laughs> he is like over the age of twenty five, isn't he? So that that probably disqualifies him. Maybe, but I, I don't know. But I mean, he's he's a handsome man. He's built like a shit brick house. I don't know what their problem is with him being a lead man because he fits perfectly. But that's that's their mentality yeah, is he's not pretty enough. I, the only reason I bring this up in depth the way we're kind of talking about Jason is I think in the gaming community in particular and for podcasts like this and news sites, it is a, you know, a catchy headline. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very easy to go crazy. China doesn't want their kids playing yeah. video games. And that is just a small piece of this right. whole pie uh, that yeah. is a lot more nefarious and uh, than, than you might yeah. think based on we the could, Kotaku headline, right? We could spend hours yeah. just on this thing. We're not. We're going to move no. on. Yeah. Because uh, we're just about done. Uh, Pete Hines is, wants you all to know that you will be able to play Bethesda games on PlayStation. Well, I mean, <laughs> as long as the games already exist and you already own them. In the future? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Or they're Skyrim. And the way I put this in the notes for Jason to talk about it was all I was a link and the words words dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge because there was no singular question Pete Hines actually answered on this topic. Uh, first of all, that is kind of classic Pete Hines. Absolutely. Uh, but also, I don't know. Everyone's just got their, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't care because I have a PC or whatever, but uh, what do you expect? They're owned by Bethesda. They're owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Stop! Stop expecting yeah. him to say something other than we can only play on Microsoft. Well, device. but right. but he also it is interesting though that he didn't just say that, and but that makes sense to me too. Like, why would you? He's gonna... Why would you limit your options right now? You don't need to yet. You know, because those are they're... all decisions you can make over time. Do we think it's going to be more beneficial in the long run to put Elder Scrolls Six on just Xbox and PC, or? 
do we think that's a title that, hey, let's put it on the PlayStation because we're going to make a shit ton of money too. Where this Bethesda title, eh, you know what? Let's make that one an Xbox. I, I could see them doing a title by title thing too. Granted, I could also see them, to Jason, your point, just saying, uh, it's our company. Yeah, they're going to be Xbox exclusive. Yeah, I lean more in the well duh, but I'm not going to tell you that now because I'll, I'll delay it until later when people will get angry. Later. <laughs> I'll tell you when I have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Lost Ark delayed until 2022. You can take place in a beta. We kind of all believe that that is to keep New World from being cannibalized since that's coming out later this year as well. <laughs> what yeah. the hell's going on with Player Unknown? Uh, so he's left Crafton, left the company. He's left the company that makes Player Unknown, ba Player Unknown Battleground or PUBG Battleground, whatever you want to call it. And he's formed his own little company called a Player Unknown Productions. Uh, and he's going to make his, he's going to make a game, but first he's going to make a tech demo for his game. Well, I mean that that's kind of a logical play. Sure, sure. But but why does a game need a tech demo? What's so special about it? Well, let me tell you what's so special about it. Uh, it's going to be huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. He posted a video on Twitter about five minutes long, so you can watch it there. It doesn't take long. And he goes into everything he loves about sandbox style open world games and so on and so forth. He says, but he wishes they were a bit a bit bigger. Just just a bit, he says that. So what he's making, or what he wants to make, is a world that is, quote, hundreds of kilometers across with thousands of players interacting, exploring, and creating. So, yeah, huge. Is huge. What his ambition Huge. So They're going to use, like, machine learning Minecraft? and Minecraft? <laughs> <laughs> well, looking a little better than that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he plans to use like machine learning and a neural network to generate massive open real, massive realistic open worlds at runtime. And Prologue, which is something we heard a little bit about a couple of years ago, is going to be a tech demo, which is intended to serve as a simple introduction to an early iteration of our technology. So you'll just it'll just be like a, a generated wilderness, procedurally generated wilderness that you try to go through, get from point A to point B. But that's going to be like all of it. It's just a a test to see if this kind of thing can work at all. Yod, when I tweeted it from MMO Bomb's account when we covered the as news this week, I said, stop me if you've heard this one before. Well-known <laughs> developer leaves job to start a new project focusing on the biggest virtual open worlds imaginable. Can Player Unknown actually pull it off, though? <laughs> I I, I, th I think I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Mad Martha already gave the most obvious <laughs> name. It is the Dean Hall route. Yeah, absolutely... No, PUBG was finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. PUBG launched. Oof. Uh, YouTube also uh, making moves, Yod. Kind of hitting Twitch. Twitch apparently did suffer a bit of a viewership drop over the whole, uh, you know, silent uh, don't stream mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday this past week. Anywhere estimates show anywhere from 5 to 15% of a hit. Uh, so we'll oh. see if anything changes on that front. I, I would I would think that's probably not big enough to do the trick. No. But no. We'll ten percent over one day is not gonna yeah. make anybody no. care. But YouTube <laughs> making some uh moves, picking up Tim the Tatman and Dr. Lupo uh as YouTube streaming exclusives. Now I know I never really streamed to YouTube all that much. I think I did like once or twice just in some multi-stream experimentation to make sure my equipment could do it. Maybe it is something I will start doing a little bit more of. I know, Yod, you do quite a bit more, from what I gather, of your stream and live stuff watching on YouTube uh, than you do yeah. Twitch or like 50-50-ish there. Yeah, I watch live stuff a lot more on YouTube. YouTube seems to be a bit more um, on the 
direct payment. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure how how Twitch actually works with the making money part. Other than you know, people will buy subscriptions or whatever, and you you get a portion of it, I guess. Um, but on on uh, YouTube, you can do what what they call super chats, where they'll you you can do anything from a dollar to a thousand plus dollars for a super chat, and then you know put whatever you want on it. Most people will read off the super chat on their stream of what the people are saying because they paid money for it. And respond to them. It's just a way of, you know, I guess paying more attention to the chat, making it a little more interactive. So it, it's it was it's an idea. And I mean, when we first started this, I I had approached you if you yeah. were gonna do streaming on YouTube or on Twitch or whatever, or if we we're gonna do it both. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll uh, ready check. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll probably experiment with doing both for a little yeah. bit. Uh, obviously, we're not getting these multi-million-dollar deals. Jason. Right. We don't know how much, <laughs> by the way, these these deals are. However, uh, Tim the Tatman does say this will let me spend more time with his family, which I am sure it will. Uh, and we don't know Dr. Lupo's contract amount, but we do know that his previous Twitch deal was worth millions of dollars per year. So I got to believe you ain't going over to YouTube unless you make in more than those millions of dollars a year. Yeah. Give me a few more millions. Uh, I yeah. the, My problem with YouTube is, and I have problems with Twitch too, don't get me wrong. But my problem with YouTube live streaming is it's there, there's some limitations to it uh, on the content creator's side. They're not necessarily limitations for you to watch or, or interact or anything like that. But there, if you've never done it, there are limitations and features that just aren't available. Obviously, we're talking okay. about Jason. Twitch has 70-some-odd percent of the viewership for streamed content. YouTube in second place at like 15%. So it's understandable that maybe... Google hasn't funneled the money into future enhancements yet. But these contracts, maybe, you know, and they already picked up Dr. Disrespect over that whole thing. So they are pooling and willing to pay for big names. Are we going to start seeing some YouTube gaming stuff changing and it become, you know, maybe try to, you know, now's the time to compete? If so, it's not going to be sudden. I mean, this is the big headline of this week, but. Right. As you said, if they yeah. had seventy percent, they now have maybe sixteen sixty nine point five percent. If these two guys are worth even that much, because yeah, right. I, I'm always amazed when I when I look at like a game and I'll just pick some random game. I'm like, okay, let me look at who's streaming that. Fifteen thousand viewers on this guy, twelve thousand on this one, eighty five hundred on this person. I don't even know who these people are, but it's like, yeah, those guys are still doing all right. They're still making. There's enough other people out there who are big enough and making enough money that. Yeah, they didn't want to, Twitch didn't want to lose these two or Dr. Disrespect or Ninja when he left and came back or whatever, but they're okay with it, I think. I don't think it's going to, it's not going to, it doesn't represent some sort of global change to how they're going to handle things. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, we got two last things, then we we'll go to the game of the week. Uh, both things that I know each of you wanted to talk about independently. Jason, you got two minutes or less. What the hell? Why did you link me this Horizon stuff? I, what, what? <laughs> Mike uh, giving me the uh, yeah whatever. This is your like uh, board game stuff. What I didn't link this. Oh the oh, the the board game thing. Oh, yeah yeah yeah. Part. I have the PS5. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way, yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot I put that first link in there. Yeah okay. That's, yeah that like... that one is Horizon uh, Forbidden West's PS5 upgrade is basically a scam. 
you have to get the digital deluxe version to be able to upgrade. The other regular versions and digital versions don't include it. It's a huge pain in the ass. It makes what they said before that you will be able to do this look like they were being coy, if not outright lying. It sucks. I hope they're going to change it, but they probably won't. You have a board game thing in there that I was yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand. That I That's the one you uh, wanted to talk about. Basically, Horizon Forbidden West is going to get Gwent. Sort of, sort of. <laughs> oh, so Peggy 18. Yeah, that's that, that's the question. Will it be? <laughs> Although it's not, I mean, is a CCG gambling? Is, does Gwent count? Because I mean, I guess you can uh -huh. get like money, quote unquote, but it's not poker. It's not. Yeah, magic, it's, I don't know. It's not magic the gathering, real world gambling. I don't yeah, know. I don't. Know. Anyway, it doesn't. it doesn't. Anyway, so Horizon Forbidden West is going to have a game in a game in the game called Horizon Forbidden West Strike. It's called. It's a board game. It's going to have pieces. It, it's called a quote board game played by inhabitants of the world of Horizon, with a wooden and metal pieces fashioned in the shape of machines. <laughs> and Aloy can challenge many different NPCs to a match as she explores the world. And I'm just like, it's like post-apocalyptic where people are scrabbling by and trying to fight deadly machines. How many of them are gathering their hero clicks or whatever the hell? It's like, <laughs> really? That's what I can get it in Gwent. People are kind of settled. It's a decent little society. People may have time to play a little card game or whatever. But this, I this is weird. <laughs> you know what it brings to mind instantly, weird. right? I mean, obviously. Please tell me, somebody. I'm not the only one. That when it's just like, yeah, everybody, almost everybody in the world plays this game. You could, you know, whatever you're doing something, you could walk up and ask somebody if they want to play this game uh, and go ahead and play them and collect all the pieces. This is all I think of. I mean, this is just, this is all I think of. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if they have toilets in Horizon. <laughs> But you can play and, this well, game, and Aloy is definitely not using those. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, Yod. Last thing on the show, and we'll do games of the week. You wanted to uh, give an update on Witcher on Netflix, right? So we have the Witcher, the uh, the Night of the Wolf, where they do the animated movie of uh, Geralt's uh, teacher or master. And it's, I finally got a chance to watch it. Uh, what the heck is showing up on? Okay, <laughs> sorry, my uh, Twitch app is a little late on stuff. And um, we're well, just getting the urinals now. Yes, I'm just getting okay, the urinals. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he thinks of your cartoon. Yes, <laughs> but anyways, um, I finally got a chance to watch it. I thought they did a really good job. It kind of brings you a little background on uh, Geralt's teacher, gives you a little a little uh, background on how he got from where he is to where Geralt becomes, you know, a witcher. And uh, the animation was really well done. Um, I thought the storytelling was really well done. And uh, I don't know, I... I I'd say if you haven't seen it, go watch it. That's All funny. Right. All right. <laughs> well, while we toss a coin to our Witcher, let's head over to our Games of the Week. <laughs> uh, 
This is the segment at the end of the show where each of the three of us is going to recommend a game for you this week. Could be something we're playing now, played many years ago, haven't played yet, but think maybe you should take a look at it if you like certain things. And it's your job in the comments on readycheckradio.com or on YouTube to let us know who gave the best recommendation. This week, we'll go first to Yod. So I gotta go with my classic Destiny 2 because they released a new season. <laughs> you got an expansion and, coming up too early and next year. You got expansion coming up after the season and the the season leads up to the expansion and the story they've got going on is rather gripping and you're going, what the hell is going on? Because it's, you know, rather intense. So go play some Destiny 2. Jason? Would Destiny 2 your game of the week like last time? He gives it. It's, it's either Mass Effect or Destiny 2. <laughs> it is not. That's it. I try to do something different every week. That's all he plays. It's Mass Effect. I haven't done that Destiny in two weeks. Mass Destiny Effect. 2 this yeah. week. Uh, I'm going to give it to Road 96. That is something I'm interested in. got it on my wish list on Steam. It's a game that just came out a few weeks ago. The description is, Hitchhike your way to freedom in this crazy procedurally generated road trip. No one's road is the same. So it looks really just interesting from the standpoint of being like various, I guess, various encounters you have at, at more or less random as you're hitchhiking, going on this road trip or whatever. It's set in like a kind of dystopian 1996 America because like you talked about the regime and so forth. I guess there's an election going on too or something. So interesting set of circumstances and presentation and maybe even good gameplay too. Looks kind of cool. I'm going to give mine to a game. I know this is a little older and I might be a little late to the party and that's fine, but I love rhythm games, obviously. So I've done DJ Max and on stream and I think I've recommended it a week or so uh, in like when we first started the show, DJ Max and Dance Dance Revolution and like any rhythm game I am all down for. Well, I was looking for one to play and years ago when it came out, I was just kind of like, this is a little too weird. I don't think I'm, I'm down for it. But I did pick up in the last few weeks Bullets Per Minute, or BPM, which is a first-person shooter rhythm game. And at the time, we knew it was coming out, and like I was just like, that's too gimmicky. There's no way that's going to be good. And it was on sale for a couple bucks less than normal, so I went ahead and grabbed it. I wanted some rhythm, uh, but I didn't feel like playing DJ Max. It is a blast. It is very well done. Uh, it is a little more on like the hard rock side of music, so it, you, I'm I'm not a huge hard rock fan, but I'm okay with it, so it's all right. If you really hate that genre of music, this is not for you because that's all it is uh, musically, uh, various music, and it's good. But if you don't like that genre, it is very creative. You have to fire, reload, and jump to the beat of whatever songs you are doing while exploring procedurally generated levels. It is an absolute blast. It is super challenging, though, particularly just starting out. So BPM, that's going to be my recommendation for Games of the Week. Let us know who gave the best recommendation in the comments on YouTube or on Ready Check Radio. We'll be back, of course, next Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern with another episode of Gaming Gumbo. Don't forget, in the meantime, we've got the Relic Grind on 7 at Thursdays, and then multiple streamers, including myself, all throughout the week, including one coming up right after this show. So stay tuned if you're live with us in chat. What's up, Torchwick? Uh, not much. What about you? Uh, what do you I, I actually brought you down to check out Bullets Per Minute. What did you think? Uh, it seemed really cool, but also not my type of thing. Yeah, I, you're I not really big on rhythm. I love the idea behind those games. 
that like gimmicky games like that, but then I'll play it for two or three days and just forget and never touch it again. That's fair so. enough. What are you streaming today? Are we continuing uh, Vagrant Story? Are you done with that yet? No, we're we're finally getting back to Vagrant Story after taking a bit of a break from streaming in general. I, I'm having fun with it, and I really want to beat it, so we're going to keep going until either I just can't beat it or I do. Seems fair. Stay here live. We'll go dark for about five seconds while I relabel everything, and then Torchwick, you'll be live. We'll be back next week. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you, my friend? Uh, Yod Artworks on Twitter, Yod Artworks on Facebook, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Jason? So just a moment. As you were going for your, through your final spiel, I was looking over Twitter, and the headline came up, Sony to offer free Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West PS4 to PS5 upgrade after criticism. Yeah, Ooh. they hey, did the right thing. Nice. So there you go. Nice. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll get tweets every time we go live with a podcast, a stream, and you can come and hang out and have a great time. Until next time, stay safe. See you on the servers. Oh,